Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Terrier Tracker Podcast with Todd Shaughnessy. Join us as we take a look at the Wofford College sports scene. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the Terrier Tracker Podcast. This is Todd Shaughnessy of the Spartanburg Herald Journal, joined every week by a longtime broadcaster and longtime friend of mine, Tom Henson. And I always appreciate him coming on. Todd, always a pleasure to be on with you. Well, it was an interesting game uh, up in Lexington, yeah. kind of weird. Uh, a game that featured a two-hour uh, lightning weather delay after, a, you know, seven to seven with n- less than ten minutes left, and all of a sudden we stopped for two hours. First, you you guys stayed on the air for a long time, didn't you? We we were on the air basically the whole time. Um, never took a break, other than we did play some recorded stuff in the last thirty minutes or so. But we were running out of stuff to talk about. I mean, you, you can only give a score so many times, and you know when you start early, there's a lot of games that hadn't started yet. So I mean, I felt like all I was saying on repeat was Mississippi State and Auburn will play at seven tonight, and it just over and over and over. But somehow we got through it. But those first two first possessions for each team were really well analyzed. <laughs> oh gosh, we, we were analyzing the ways that some of the guys on the bench were holding their water cups. I mean, it was that's how in depth we got. <laughs> well, it's a rain delay. Can't you go to like an Andy Griffith rerun or something? We, we offered to do like you know like some of the rain delay shows they have in Major League Baseball that you could call in, but we, we had no phone, we had no phone yeah. number. You know, uh, a couple of people did tweet at us, so you know we we, we had some fun with it. And uh, unfortunately for Wofford, they came out after the delay. And goodness gracious, they, they really looked yeah. incredible after that uh, delay. You know, at the delay, it looked like it was going to be a scary game. Yeah, yeah. VMI was really, really good. Alex Ramsey ran right down Wofford's throat in the first first possession. It was 7-7. Seven to seven. Um, Wofford ends up getting a big win, 51-36, to 36, and a game that really wasn't that close. Yeah, it wasn't. A VMI tacked on a couple of touchdowns with less than three minutes to go, but I – I thought, uh, on the whole, I thought Wofford did a nice job offensively. I, there's, there's tough to find anything to really nitpick on, on offense. Um, defensively, I was surprised by how much VMI ran the ball, and I think maybe Wofford was as well. Uh, but when you've got a back like Alex Ramsey, shoot, give it to him uh, 30 times. I said during our broadcast, I'd love to see him in Wofford's offense because he is such a physical back. He's such a strong runner. Uh, and, you know, this is this is a much improved VMI team. I, I, I had, you know, you read it, you, you hear about it, but until you see it in person, this is a VMI team. They're going to win a, at least a, a, one more conference game, maybe two more. And um, so my hat's off to them and how they how they prepared, how they played, and uh, you know, they gave Wofford all they wanted. Their defense is uh, a little, you know, it's vulnerable yeah. at times. Yeah. Uh, the offense, though, I think is legit. The quarterback's really, really good. And like you say, Ramsey, I mean, he is six foot. 250 pounds with yeah. speed and moves, yep. and I think he carried 28 times in the game. Yeah, he had over 200 yards. It felt like he didn't get the ball enough. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Um, he could he could play on any team in the league. He could play on any team in the FCS. Uh, there's there's FBS teams that Alex Ramsey could be starting for, and so uh, you know again, um, hats off to, to VMI for for what they were able to do, and and you know credit Wofford for, for going on a, going on the road. 
weathering the delay and then still finding a way to, to win a game, you know, final as was by 15, as you said, but it wasn't that close. And uh, I think that's a testament to Wofford's character and what Wofford's trying to build here. And they were much better against Ramsey, too. I mean, they they, yeah. they did play better. But, you know, when, once he gets to that second level and he's matched up against a cornerback or somebody, good luck. If you want to tackle that guy, you need to bring some friends. Absolutely. You're not tackling him one-on-one because if you go in at his thighs, he's just going to run right through you. You can't arm tackle him because he's so big and strong. So, yeah, yeah good luck. <laughs> yeah. Wofford's running game, uh, not going against the greatest uh, defenses the last two weeks, but uh, 439 yards, 489 yards a week before. Sprinkling in some passes and getting touchdown passes and big plays, uh, both in pass and run. That This is how it's supposed to work. Yeah, and it's working really well. I think first and foremost, the offensive line is doing a phenomenal job. They are, they are blowing people off the line uh, the last two weeks. And, again, not the type of competition that you'll see from here on out, but you still have to take care of it. You still have to do it, and they did. Um, the depth of this offensive line is what impresses me. And, uh, you've got guys that are that are getting some snaps now that are second teamers that I think could be starting for a lot of other places, and that just shows you how deep Wofford is on the O line, and they're starting to play better. I, I thought they um, they probably internally challenged themselves after that that first week, um, and and they've they've answered the bell, and um, it doesn't get it gets a lot tougher this week, but but where Wofford is offensively, it's just been very impressive, been fun to watch the last the last two weeks, and you know. Ramming it down somebody's throat and then popping one over the top with a little play action. I think Joe at one point had was two of three for over 100 yards, and both of them were long touchdown passes. And, yeah. and that's exactly what this offense, when it's functioning at a high level, that's what they do. And you know, two or three offensive linemen have used the same phrase to me when I've talked to them: is is they call it bullying people. Yeah. And they they push people around, and that's what they do. That's what they love to do. And when the offense is working the way it's supposed to, that's what comes first. Yep. And what other walk of life can you go out and push somebody around legally and not get in trouble for it? I mean, exactly. You know, so, so, you know, if you've got that, if you've got that instinct where, you, you know, use it on the football field, and that's what those guys do. And they, they, they've done an impressive job. They're just a great group of guys. The offensive line is, is year in, year out, the smartest group on the field for Wofford. Um, and they just – I've really been been a lot of fun watching them and, and watching them come together and watching the holes they're opening up for these backs and running backs and uh, the quarterback. I mean, heck, Joe Newman's been fantastic as well the last the last two weeks especially. Yeah, we talked to Coach Conklin about that uh, earlier uh, this week, and uh, he was talking about how Joe kind of answered the bell after that first game. He was really disappointed in himself. Wofford has good quarterbacks behind him, so there was something going on there. But he's played the best these last two weeks, maybe the best of his career, and I think he has really, really answered uh, some questions. Yeah, it's the best I've seen him. I've, I've seen him his whole career, and the, the last two weeks are the best Joe Newman I've ever seen. And I think his decision making, um, you, you and I talked about with Coach Conklin, the pre snap reads he's making, um, you know, doing what the coaches are asking him to do, but 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 taking care of the football and you know pitching it when he's supposed to pitch it, keeping it when he's supposed to keep it. He's showing some speed when he gets out into the open. Um, you know, his passes, uh, his, his accuracy has improved tremendously since the first week. And so, you know, a lot of credit to Joe for working hard, not getting down on himself. I mean, he could have, after that first game, really kind of, you know, just gotten down on himself, but he worked hard and, and has improved. And, and the proof is in what Wofford's done offensively the last two weeks. And, and as well as things have gone, you know, 50, averaging 50 points the last two weeks, 
We don't expect anything like that this week. Uh, the East Tennessee State, they, the Terriers go on the road this week, and they're going to face the best defense that they've seen to this point. Yeah, and it may be the maybe the, the second best defense they see all year. Furman may have something to say about that, but Clemson will be the best defense Wofford sees all year. Uh, but ETSU is, is is fantastic on defense. Their defensive line may be the best defensive line in the league. Um, they, they run a 3-4, and their two ends are outstanding. They're both fifth-year guys, and they both uh, – Nasir Player out of Columbia, played at Ridgeview High School, is is really good. Southern Conference preseason defensive player of the year, and so far has not done anything to make you think he's not going to be the postseason defensive player of the year. He's already got five-and-a-half tackles for loss. Um, he commands double teams, which allows other guys to make plays. And then on the other end is my favorite name in the league, and that's – Jason Maduafakwa, which you have to be really careful saying yeah, watch, that. Watch that language. <laughs> he is—he's also fantastic. You can—you sometimes you have to double double team him as well. Um, but would you have those guys and their experience coming off the edges on defense? Um, it, it makes running the ball extremely tough. Uh, I think their defensive backs, their corners and safeties are really good. Uh, their their linebackers are young, but this is this is indeed the best defense Wofford, Wofford will have seen so far. And for me, it's a little scary because I thought South Carolina's front seven was pretty athletic. Um, at least the front defensive line ETSU has is much better than South Carolina State's, and uh, Wofford's going to have a big challenge on Saturday. ETSU held Furman with a great offense. Yeah. 100, uh, 100 yards fewer than the average rushing the ball. Um, the total yardage was down. Uh, ETSU led in time of possession. The, the defense didn't give up a third down conversion until, or one of them, until really late in the game when Furman was icing it. It seems like East Tennessee State did everything but win that game. Yeah, I thought they did. A little bit I've seen of it. Uh, I, I thought they handled Furman exactly like they wanted to. I think the game played out exactly like the Buccaneers wanted it to play out. They just didn't get the points they needed to, to get a win. And I think that also shows you how good Furman can be when they can be stopped and slowed down like that, yet still find a way to win at home. Um, you know, ETSU, they're not going to blow you off the ball or, or really, you know, scream out at you offensively. Um, they want to run the ball. Um, they don't have the greatest quarterback play thus far, and so this could be a game where who can establish the line of scrimmage, who can control the line of scrimmage. Uh, you could see a lot of plays that result in one- and two-yard gains. And then I think the other key factor is going to be third downs. Wofford's converting at a 49% clip on, thir- on third downs this year, and we talked to Coach Conklin earlier. You want to stay out of third and eight, third and seven, particularly against ETSU. And ETSU wants to stay out of that against Wofford. And so this is going to be who can get into those third and three, third and twos and then convert them and keep drives alive. Um, and I know you want to talk about uh, the, the specialists. The, the, this could be a huge game for the place kickers on both sides. Yeah, I, I did want to talk about the specialists, and especially Luke Carter. It seems like this is a Luke Carter kind of a game. He's the kicker and the punter for Wofford. Um, he's great at both, and this seems like a game that's you know if it's seventeen fourteen or twenty seventeen or something like that is he's going to be so valuable. Yeah, it's a, for me that for whatever reason I keep thinking sixteen thirteen like three Wofford field goals, two ETSU field goals, something along those lines. But I agree with you. I think I think this could be a game where where Luke is called upon and and could be put in some important situations with his place kicking of oh, and his field goal attempts. Where you may get down close to their 25-yard line and then bog down because their defense is so good, and he has to convert. He has to he has to knock them through the uprights, and he's been so good at that throughout his career. Um, and I know he'll be ready for that challenge and that opportunity Saturday. But 
you know, as a Wofford person, you feel really comfortable having a Luke Carter on the sidelines, knowing that you can trot him out there, and hopefully, you know, some drives maybe that you can't get in the end zone, you still get points out of them because this is going to be a game. I always say field goals don't win games. Field goals may win this game on yeah. Saturday because of how good the defenses are going to be. And he's so good and so consistent that you really don't think of him as much as you should. Like. On extra points, I'm I'm writing down notes. I'm not watching the kick. I'm, I already put it down as a point because he's made a hundred straight or more in his career, which is a remarkable streak. It really is, and I know the pros have pushed back their extra points. But you look at the pros, and Stephen Gaskowski, the great kicker for the Patriots, has already missed four extra points this year, and it's just he is so it's just so fluid. He goes out there and he does exactly what he's supposed to do every time. He's in a habit. He's in a routine. Um, but he carries that forward with his field goal kicking as well. And, and it's just um, he, he's become a great weapon for Wofford. But you're right, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. And not only is he doing that, but he's punting as well. And then for a couple of games he was kicking off as well. So um, yeah. he gets used a lot by Wofford, and, and, and it's because he's so good. But he, he's been a – you know, in, in a school that's had many great kickers, Luke is just the next on that list. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the chairs, when they go up to uh, ETSU – it's the last game before the second bye, which is unusual to say at this point yeah. in the season they're already going to have two byes. But after a slow start, they can be where they want to be. They can be two and one in the conference, which is right there, three and two overall. That's uh, that's where they want to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's to, the, after the start Wofford had. If they can be three and two, two and one going into the bye, that, that's 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 what they asked. To, that's what they asked for. Um, ETSU is a team that has their back up against the walls. They cannot yeah. lose another conference game. They're 0-2. Yeah. And that concerns me because, you know, it, it, will a two-loss team win the league this year? You never know. But a three-loss team isn't going to win the league, I don't think. I don't think 5-3 and three wins it. Um, and so ETSU knows they can't afford another loss in, in conference play. And here we, you know, are early October, and both teams are and kind of feel like, man, the back's up against the wall. You better be ready. But, yeah, a Wofford win up in Johnson City. Has you right where you want to be, um, going into a bye week and then coming home and having two home games uh, before you get into the November crunch. So, so this is a critical. This is a big game for our biggest game they've played so far this season. Yeah, desperate is dangerous in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about ETSU. Yeah, I mean they could throw out some things and and you know just kind of throw out reckless abandon on offense, and I think that's where they're struggling. So, so maybe they try some things. Maybe they try some new looks. You may see a different quarterback. You may see different combinations, and um, that can catch uh, a team off guard. But um, it, it should be should be a great game, and I, you know I'm looking forward to it. Last time we were up there, and the first time in that new place, it was a rainy day. I think it's, they're calling for some cooler weather and some 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 sunny conditions, and they have a great crowd there. I mean, they, they'll pack nine, ten thousand into that mm-hmm. place. Uh, Tennessee's struggling, so you don't have to worry about the the, <laughs> the volunteer fans you know, headed to Knoxville instead of going to Johnson City. Um, it should be a great crowd, and, and and again, that's a great place to see a game, and should be a really good game too. I think it's going to be maybe a classic. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be one of those. Just every possession is just unbelievable. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a four quarter game, and I think it may come down to who has the ball last, and, and can they kick a last second field goal to try to win the thing. Well, we'll hit up the mountain and see another game. Yeah, it should be fun. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Todd Shaughnessy is the Terrier Tracker with over 20 years covering Wofford sports. The Terrier Tracker Podcast, presented by the Spartanburg Herald-Journal and GoUpState.com.
Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.